Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. Now, I'd like to welcome you to the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. And every day on this show, we're trying to challenge you to a spot where you're digging deeper in your faith. Every topic, every day is something that I've been challenged in personally and would like you to be challenged in as well. I'm just trying to live out. It's almost like I've got my own pulpit, but I don't have my own church. I want you to hear how I'm struggling in my faith so that you can struggle along with me. And so the question is, have you joined the I Work For Him Nation? Every day we get somebody new joining the nation, making that commitment to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. It's a challenge to you and to me because it's hard to pray for the people that you work with because sometimes they're not nice to work with, but other times they're awesome to work with. But either way, the Lord calls us to love everybody. And so, especially to pray for those who persecute you. So whether you have a great workplace or a struggling workplace, either way, you've got people around you that need Jesus. And you may be the only Jesus they'll ever meet. Go out to iWorkForHim.com. Click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag. Join today. Start making an impact on your own heart and your own workplace tomorrow. But it does take a paradigm shift in our minds. In order to really walk with the Lord, it takes a paradigm shift in our minds. Romans 12.2 reminds us of this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Every day, we need to be thinking about that because the world keeps telling us to think one way. They keep baiting us to be pathetic in our faith, to keep our faith on the sidelines because it's offensive. People. Jesus offended people just by the fact that he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. That's narrow-minded. That offends people because they don't want to have to do the hard work. They don't. The hard work of following Jesus is humbling yourself and submitting the fact that you can't do anything to have a relationship with your Heavenly Father but through Jesus. And people don't like that. But I'll tell you one thing that impacted my life, and I want it to impact your life as well. I had the privilege a little over three years ago to, to go through the Identity and Destiny workbook put together by Tom and Pam Wolf. You can find out more about it online. They're great big sponsors of I Work For Him. You can find them online at, I, at identityanddestiny.com. I believe so much that you should go through this because when I came away from it, I understood what my calling was in life. I understood why God put me together the way he did put me together. I understood it. And that's what you can get from it too. You need to go out to identityanddestiny.com, identity, the word and destiny, identityanddestiny.com and check it out. The workbook is 
rel- relatively inexpensive. $20 gets you the workbook, and, and it's just amazing. But Tom and Pam and I are going to have a conversation today, again, about the DISC profile and how we use it to help our kids understand how God created them. And then we're going to start digging into resilience as it drips into our conversation starting up in July. Tom and Pam Wolf, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thanks. Good to see you. It's, and that's nice. It's nice to be in studio where people can see me. I do like that. I, I, I missed being in the studio for 10 days while we were on vacation, and there's just nothing like it. Last time we talked about this, I, I read this verse, and I wanted to read it again. Romans 12, 4 through 6 says this, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and the individual members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us. Let us use them. And Tom and Pam, as you look at the DISC profile, as you look at what Identity and Destiny does, it helps each one of us understand our place within the body of Christ. Tom, how how does knowing that God used you to put together a, a, a workbook like this, I always want to call it a manual, but a workbook like this, how does, that, it's got to be humbling, but to know that you're helping people find out where they fit within the body. Well, I, th- I think that's very powerful from my own experience. You know, I grew up in an environment where I was uh, uh, called too aggressive, too outgoing, too, uh, you know, expressive. And uh, going through uh, grade school, which was uh, Christian grade school, let's just say the people back then were rather strict, okay? (laughs) I have a few bruises on my knuckles. So those of you who went there know what I'm talking about. Anyhow... uh, through all of that, when I first did the DISC profile early in my career, and I saw the profile, it was like an awakening to me. It was like, I'm okay the way I am. They just didn't understand me. They didn't understand different behavioral profiles and communication styles. So there's a lot of people out there who uh, don't feel comfortable in their own person. And when you have this knowledge that you're okay, that this is the way you've been wired and God has allowed that to happen for a purpose, boy, it really could change the whole trajectory of your life. Pam, having participated in this project and the two of you come together and you're working with people all day long, helping them understand how they fit within the body of Christ, you get to see it from the woman perspective because God gives women a different perspective on life than men. How does that impact you knowing that you're helping women, wives, uh, mothers understand their spot in the body of Christ? I think the most important thing for me as a woman and with the women that I work with is understanding what their behavioral language is saying to you. Right. So DISC is really just behavioral language. Behavioral language. This seems very heady. When we come back, we got to dice that down a little, parse it out a little bit so people get it. Tom and Pam, we do appreciate you guys so much for supporting I Work For Him. And, and honestly, you know, I'm, I'm like one of your biggest raving radio fans. I, I've got to be. Anyway, we've been on the air together 20 plus times, I think, in the last three years. And it's because your your program, sorry, Tom, your workbook, your Bible study that I went through, I'm sorry, I always screw that up. You want me to call it a workbook, but it was revolutionary in my life. Because it, it just, I felt the, the the Spirit of God move in me as I went through and answered the questions and studied the scriptures and and took the assessments. I mean, it was it was powerful. And I love the fact that you just let the Lord, Lord, just use me and, and I'll do this. Well, I was searching, I think, for my, as I look back on it, I think I was searching for my own purpose. 
So as that started to to bubble up in me, I did seminars. I did I read like forty books on purpose, and I found a real gap in a serious Christian perspective on answering this. Uh, so I pulled the best that I could out of the world, put it all together in one workbook, and uh, uh, people send us emails and parts of the world that we don't even know about and say how transformational it is. So uh, it's not us. Uh, the Lord led us. No, you've impacted tens of thousands of people already. And my hope is before I'm old and gray, okay, the rest of the way gray, if I still have hair, that the, that, that number will be millions of people. That's, that's my goal. Because I believe, as my, from my own experience, Pam, that every Christ follower in the United States of America and beyond should ta- should go through the Identity and Destiny workbook. I mean, I, I, it's so transformational. It's so simple. It's a work of God. And, and that's, I think, you listening today, go to identityanddestiny.com and get the workbook tonight. And then what you're going to find out is that you really could use a coach, and they've got that availability as well. And we'll let Tom and Pam talk about that in a minute. But Pam, you had to parse out something you said right before the break. It helped you understand behavioral language. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about behavioral language. I mean, I got a lot, just like Tom in elementary school, I got a lot of N for needs improvement for behavior because I was, did you get any, did you get anything but N's and behavior kind of things? Uh, I was too afraid not to behave. Let's put it that way. But I always got, those were, I was, I always did great on the academic side. And then when it came to behavior stuff, it was like, Jimmy has issues in the classroom. <laughs> Didn't they? They didn't say that Tommy has problems where he's not behaving. No, they said uh, children either misbehave in school or they misbehave at home. I misbehaved at home because I was terrified by the nuns in school. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I was just—I always lived consistently wherever I was going to be. I was just going to be Jim. So, so that meant I got in trouble both places. All right, Pam, back to behavioral language. Help us understand you guys that a little are bit. Such an incredible case study. We are. I, I know. Talk about here. <laughs> Understanding your behavioral language. Um, a lot of people out there listening probably know about the five love languages Mm -hmm. we each have one and it's our primary language it's the way we like to be spoken to so that that what we're hearing is love from our partner or the people we care about your disc behavioral language is much the same thing you've been wired with a certain language you guys are high d's very extroverted very um, bold very active and um, that's only about, what, Tom, 10% of the population? High-end 10%, yeah. yeah. 10% of the population. That means 90% of the world does not speak the same behavioral language that you do. And that's why you got all those ins. Because <laughs> yeah. they did not get it. Okay? Right. So if you understand, it's like um, a, a lot of the material that's been written on uh, managing the strong-willed child. If a, if a parent understands the language of the child... Without breaking the spirit of the child, you can teach the child what their language is and then how to adapt to be more successful in life so that they're communicating in a way that other people are going to receive it, respect it, and be uh, edified or blessed by it rather than um, feeling like they've just gotten caught up in a whirlwind. Or smacked down by a two by four. Yes. And, and that was probably one of the things in, and it was in within the last 10 years, but more so in the last five years that I recognized that guys like Tom and I experienced the Lord differently than 90% of the Christ followers because of our personality. Yes. We naturally relate to the Lord the way we relate. Mm-hmm. And that 
is sometimes a little much for some people. (laughs) But I mean, I don't know. And it was just really in the last 10 years because nobody at church ever said that, hey, there's 7 billion people on the planet and every one of us experiences the Lord differently because we're all different people. Nobody ever said that. But all of a sudden I started talking to people and and I instead of telling them, well, you're not, oh, I'm sure I did this in my 30s, you're not doing it right because you're not experiencing God the way I'm experiencing God. And not anything to the experiencing God study, I'm not talking about that. But, but all of a sudden I realized, wow, okay, no, people experience God differently. Yet, Tom, you and I, because we live in a very black and white world that is, involves just speaking what the Lord has laid on our hearts in a blunt fashion— we just kind of picture the world should be that way. Well, and I think the Lord speaks to us in our own language. I mean, when when I hear the Lord and I tell Pam about it, she goes, whoa, that would scare me if he talked to me like that. I mean, one time I was really busy and I didn't have time to do quiet time in the morning. At least I didn't think I did. So <laughs> I'm walking down the steps and all of a sudden I it was almost audible. It was like, oh. The creator of the universe wants to spend some time with you this morning, but you're too busy. <laughs> I was like... So it even had a sarcastic tone to it? Yeah. yeah. Right. And I was that. like, whoa. Uh, and when I thought about the creator of and the universe... And you turned around and went back upstairs. I, I turned around and back, went back upstairs and spent some time with him. So it's like, I think he really does communicate to us in the style that we need to hear. Because if he was soft and sweet to me... I'd kind of be like, oh, this is not really getting through. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and I look at what's funny. Martha and I started doing the Jesus Calling devotional together uh, in January, January 1st. And it's a morning and evening one. And what's funny is when I read some of that stuff, it's like smack down, smash over your head, cement blocks in over the forehead. And Martha feels it differently. But that's what it is. I'm reading like, wow, is that ever in your face? Yeah. But that's the way I need it. I need, and that's why it's always tough. I don't know what you found for accountability people, Tom, but in understanding, Pam, our our behavioral languages, we need to surround ourselves with people that can hold us accountable, that understand how God created us. Well, when I put an accountability group together over 10 years ago, I picked two people who also were high Ds. And boy, when the three of us get together, uh, the one guy always says, this is not a knitting club. And we are direct to each other, and we call each other out when we think somebody's just joking. And uh, I think every accountability group needs one high D in it to keep them on track. Otherwise, everybody's afraid of confrontation. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's probably true. I mean... And that's just our God-given gift then to lead yes, those groups. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But it is funny when you get a whole bunch of Ds in the room and... and, and but anyway, it's not all about us today. <laughs> yeah, right. But it is, we're, we're not on a tangent because it's really important that people understand a couple of those points that you just said. God did create us to experience him differently. He created us with these behavioral languages, as you said, Pam. We all have these individual love languages and we have all, all have our own percentages and they switch back and forth a little bit. And God created us, even though Tom and I are alike on a chart, we're still very different people and mm-hmm. we experience God differently, even though we experience God similarly we still experience God differently. And that's the beauty of the Identity and Destiny workbook is that after you go through all of the pages, all eight weeks, it's you that comes out in those pages. It's not Tom or Pam. It's 
you, exactly. whoever. I mean, it's Ace Andrews. If when he finishes, he'll 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 see him a picture of himself. Those last day of here's my identity statement, my destiny statement, and my assignment. I mean, it's that's the powerful part of it. Well, and and the great thing, and we say this in the book. If I'd have had this when I was a senior in oh college, my. I'd have saved myself ten years bouncing around trying to find out how I fit in the world. Ten. So I'm th- I was thinking about the money. I had probably to yeah. save a couple hundred thousand dollars and just wasted time and effort. That's box D, all the above. All of the above. Well, really, I, da- I damaged relationships because I didn't understand myself. Right. I had jobs that weren't a good fit for me. I have a computer programming degree. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I have accounting degree. Okay. That was the, same, the last the same thing, thing I should have done. The same thing. I mean, it's like, okay, let's sit in front of a computer all day long. No, <laughs> that's yeah. not right. But but yet you're right. I mean, that's what's so powerful. You guys have an Identity and Destiny Amazing Kids program, and the Identity and Destiny program is also in high schools. You got you're in some private high schools and colleges too, right? Absolutely, and a lot of homeschool. A lot of homeschool. homeschool. Yeah. And I'm always talking to, when when I've dealt with college people, I've always talked to, listen, you guys got to get this in your, this would be part of your curriculum. Everybody graduate. There's something that God's laid on my heart. If there's anybody out there that's involved at the university and would love to have a program like this, we are interested in partnering to do some kind of online program that we together could take our curriculum and create for college students. Mm. And that would be so powerful. I'm just casting that out. All right, well, I like it. It's a good cast. Let's see what we can catch. But let's let's jump into how do we use this disc profile, the personality profile, in helping our kids? Because I think that's a powerful thing because we got a lot of kids that are 50 who don't have any idea how God created them. How cool would it be to help kids? Let's just say well, how how young do you think people can We've got you've got a you you said you had identity and destiny for amazing kids. How young does that go? One of our licensed facilitators actually adapted our workbook and created the one for kids. And it's um, from second grade to fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. Uh, by the time you're in um, freshman in high school, um, you're probably ready to move to the adult version of the workbook. So um, the way that she adapted the disc is very interesting. Um, when you're in your teens, you can um, get, I would say, a pretty decent read. By 16 to 18, you can get a very clear read on the DISC profile. Um, with the kids, she had to adapt the profiling instrument or the inventory or the test or whatever you want to call it. The questions that are asked to determine your behavioral language is um, she took things and said, are you like this? Are you more like that? And so it was just examples that they could relate to. And you can begin to already see how their basic personalities are emerging, as you and Tom talked about. I mean, you guys have been, you know, the bull in the china shop since you were little boys. Oh, boy. Right? That's for right? sure. I mean, that was emerging from a young age. We've got seven grandchildren now, and Tom and I— No way! Yes, we wow. do. It's a riot as we sit around and analyze you're, our grandchildren. You're doing their disc profiles while the grandkids are over. You yeah. bet! You bet. We're figuring it out. And we know we've got a couple little D's and they're, and they both have parents that are S's and C's and it's going to be the Tom Wolf life all over again for these parents. Well, and and that was the issue that I struggled with. I, you know, being a high D, I've got a a son that's an SC. Yeah. And of course, that's how God does it. Just as in fam, just as in the body of Christ, he takes that down and does that in families. He does that in relationships. He does that in the workplace and teams. Because it takes all of us. Oh, yeah. And and God thinks it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I, I mean, it's part of the refining. So, of well. the seven grandkids, are you charting them? I mean, how old is your youngest grandchild? Um, our youngest is uh, just a month old. So, we haven't. So figured, you haven't profiled the youngest no, yet? No, we haven't no. done Chase yet. Are no. you sure? <laughs> Tom's thinking about it. Like, look at the way he sucks his thumb. <laughs> yeah. But by the time they're like seven to eight, um, we actually do have one here locally um, that we think at, at two and a half is showing some signs of being a, a D. But, um, you know, it, but the terrible twos kind of bring out the yeah, bad in everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So why does everybody attribute us, yeah. Tom, the D's with the terrible twos? That's what but, I'm trying to figure out. No, I don't know. I don't know why they do that. Well, but here's, <laughs> here's the most important thing um, is as you begin to understand that, that the kids can understand themselves better and then not have a sense of trying to compare and contrast and try to be somebody or something they're not. Because as they move into pre- or, um, middle school and high school, it's all about fitting in. Right. It's all about trying to be like whoever it is that's popular out there. If they've got a sense of identity that's established in how God has fearfully and wonderfully made them, how differently can they respond to that kind of pressure? Uh, you know, and that's something that I mean, middle school was tough. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you guys remember seventh and eighth grade, but man, middle school was tough. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. And it, high school for a lot of kids is just as brutal. See, but I, by the time I got to high school, I'd already figured out I am who I am. Mm-hmm. People are either going to love me or they're going to hate me. Yeah. And see, but and I and I'd already started growing on my faith a little bit because I came to Christ at thirteen, mm-hmm. so I had an advantage mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. some. But I was like, oh, okay, I'm different. But it, middle school was so rough because you, yeah, I mean. Everybody wants to belong to somebody, right? And when nobody wants to connect with you, you're like, it's just you just want to belong, so you're willing you, to compromise so you can belong. And you begin to think, I'm not good enough. Something's wrong with me. It's all those kinds of self-image and self-talk that can be so destructive, and not just destru- destructive for a season, but for a lifetime. Right. A lot of people live with that. They live with the regret. They 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 and don't forgive. I can tell you, there's a lot of adults. You said that a lot of 50 year olds don't know this yet. Yeah. There are so many people. What makes it so transformational is we not only look at DISC, but a number of other um, things that we'll be getting into as we continue to talk over the weeks and months ahead. But um, they begin to see all of those things that make them uniquely who they are, and then they can begin to feel okay with how God's made and wired them rather than trying to be somebody or something they're not, or feel like they're not good enough. Well, and that's that's the incredible message of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The good news is that God did create us individually, Tom. Mm-hmm. He created us with in his image. He did it on purpose. He doesn't make any mistakes, yet it is becoming comfortable with how he created us that really becomes the win-win. But that's what identity and destiny helps us figure out. And I, and I, I wasn't joking that a lot of kids who are 50 haven't, haven't understood this. The DISC profile is one of how many assessments that they do? You said it was like 26 or 27? I think, well, we have 30 assessments and questionnaires 30 in the book. Okay, all right. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. When you get to the end of the identity and destiny workbook, you get a picture of you. Not of Tom, not of Pam, not of Jim, but of you. Because those assessments... Take out all the permutations, I mean, come up with all the permutations of, of how God designed you. So when you look at that, and then you look at it as you apply it to your grandkids. So how old is your oldest grandkid, Tom? 13. <laughs> you look at Pam? You're supposed to know that stuff. He looked for Pam the <laughs> well, answer. she came into the uh, family through a uh, marriage. Oh, so, that's awesome. Uh, okay. The one that's originally ours is eight. eight. All right. Well, that's good. 13. 13 is good because it got to throw you right into that teenage yeah. years. Yeah. And and it's a and girl, she's too. every bit as much family. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 13-year-old girls are awesome. They, they're just is. challenging, but they're and awesome. she's great with the little ones. I mean, 
cool. That is cool because mm-hmm. she, she can help with the one-year-old or the one-month-old. That's yeah. good. All right. So when you look at helping families understand this, moms and dads and brothers and sisters, have you guys ever really studied the impact when people all of a sudden, they, under, they, they start to see themselves with God's eyes on how he created them versus how the world has been describing them? Well, yeah. I mean, we've had some families, you know, four or five who've gone through identity, destiny all at one time. And uh, the parents are doing it with the kids, and they're staying with them. And then they discuss what comes out of these profiles and questionnaires. They say that the discussion around the dinner table is fantastic. They could never get their kids to talk about this stuff. But when they're doing it all together, the kids start going, oh, Dad, you're like this, and that's why you do this and do that. And, you know, that's why I'm like this and why we clash at this particular situation. So it really helps with the overall understanding of the different communication styles in the family. And this is just one of the assessments within Identity and Destiny. You can go online right now, identityanddestiny.com, identity, the word and, and then destiny, identityanddestiny.com. Go out there, and, and and I'm telling you, this is one of those things, 20 bucks, you can't even buy a tank of gas, well, because gas went up 25 cents today. You can't even buy a tank of gas for 20 bucks, but how, may, how about making the investment of a lifetime? Jim Brangenberg endorsed Identity and Destiny. I work for him endorsed. This is a program. This is a workbook that everybody, sorry, Tom. This is a workbook that everybody (laughs) in the country who's a Christ follower should go through. And if you've got people that are searching, seeking, they're not quite sure about Jesus yet, this is also a great study because it will show them who their Heavenly Father really is. Pam, as you study these grandkids, I mean, do you have a chart on the wall that people don't know that's got numbers or something like, okay, uh, you know, 13 year old is this profile with this resilience factor and this, I mean, do you, do you have them charted no, out somewhere? No, no we're just kind of, kind of teasing around about it right now, but they're getting to the age where I think we can begin to do a few of the exercises with them and um, have some fun with it. But, but more importantly, to help educate their parents, our children, and what that means for them as a family. What a way to overcome the tryptophan at Thanksgiving. Go through identity and destiny. Get started on the conversation. That'd be odd. You could just hand out disc tests at Thanksgiving time. That well, would be. We've done that with friends. Have? It's fun. We've had disc parties, yes. <laughs> now that's out of control. Okay. All right, Tom and Pam, well, you wanted to talk about this impact of the disc, understanding the disc profile so we can help our kids. And let's just recap that for those of our guests that are calling back, that are just tuning in right now, the spot and the half hour people are tuning in. Why is it so important as youngsters, and we're talking middle school or late elementary, middle schoolers, high schoolers, why is it so important that we help our kids understand this? Well, let me tell, share a story that okay. uh, uh, the uh, licensed facilitator who created the Amazing Kids Identity and Destiny, she had this uh, one student, very introverted, okay? Didn't talk to the other kids much, kind of kept to himself. But after he went through this, what they realized is he had a very high C, very compliant, mm. very detail-oriented, mechanically-oriented. And when he realized that, he really started to feel okay with himself. And now what he does is he focuses on helping them to create scenes, build stuff for them for all what the kids are doing, plays and shows and things like that. And she says how this child just really became so confident in himself and his ability because he knew the direction that his talents were taking him. And they saw a dramatic change in his behavior. He had started to act out and um, kind of bully a little bit. 
And when he found his place and he felt good about how he could contribute in the way he was wired, all that changed. And how old was he? He was about eight. Wow. Think about that. If I'd have gotten that at eight. I know. (laughs) I know. Wow. What a blessing, right? The world world would be a different place today. (laughs) Maybe I'd have been on the air for a decade already instead of three years. Yeah. I mean... Okay, so here's a question for you. I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, so if you don't want to answer it, it's fine. Okay, but you got how many kids between the two of you? We've got three. Three kids. Have your kids gone through identity and, and their spouses, those that are married, have they gone through identity and destiny? All uh, of them. Some of them. Okay. So they're actually, Most parts of it. Most, most of parts of it. Yeah. So the, uh, that's got to create some pretty cool conversations, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They've all done the disc. They've all done the disc. Well, you yeah. made them do it. You want to yeah. eat Thanksgiving yeah. dinner? You're yeah. going to do the disc. Yeah. We've, got, we've got one couple that are both S's and C's and look very much alike. Um, we have um, one that is uh, a C that's married to a D. And uh, we have another one that's an I, S married to a C, D. So God's doing what he usually does. And he's just mixing it all up. And our family vacations are wild because of it. So oh, I imagine. <laughs> we got it all. So the two CS's, did they meet on eHarmony? Um, actually, I think it was a blind date, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was a blind yeah. date. And, and the funny thing is, Megan, who's Tom's daughter, said, um, I'm not so sure I like him that much. And now she's madly in love with him, and it didn't take long for that to happen. But it, some of it may be that when you're more alike, you're you're not as enamored with those things that aren't like you. Right. Because that's that's the attraction initially, yeah, kind of the, the infatuation. Yeah. Is, you know, Tom, I'm a high I, he's a high D. And he said it, when he was first attracted to me, it was like I was entertainment value for him. You know, I could keep the conversation. He had to say one thing and then I'll talk the rest of the night. So. <laughs> well, wow. I could think about something else then while she was talking, you know, getting <laughs> get in trouble. But I finally learned to look at him and say, are you listening to me? <laughs> and Martha said that I used to give, she, we grew up, we were in high school together. And uh, we, we met when we were both juniors in high school. And I was dating a lot of girls that were her friends. And uh, she used to say that the girls would go into her and complain about all the retarded things that I would do. <laughs> Sorry, that's a word from the, from the 80s. All the yeah. ridiculously <laughs> stupid things that I would do. And and, and she goes, and, they, and the, my girlfriends would complain. Well, he just, I, he drives me crazy. And she goes, oh, that's what I think is kind of cute about him. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Okay. I don't know if after 30 years she still thinks those things are all cute. I hope so, baby. And baby, happy birthday. Just I, oh, I, yeah. I, happy, I'm a, birthday. happy birthday, Martha. It's a big one, and I'm so grateful to be your husband. And almost 30 years. 13 days till 30 oh, years. Congratulations. All right. So going back to the kids, we have a somewhat compliant children that have gone through the study. But you have, the ones that have gone through it, of your own children, how have you seen it impact them and then the kids that they're raising? Uh, well, it's impacted them in that they study or they understand each other a lot better. Like with my daughter, we actually sat down and spent an afternoon, had them do the disc profile, and then discussed it with them and explained them. And here's what's going to work with you guys, and here's what's going to be conflict, and here's where you might bump heads. And we helped them to understand that a little bit more. In fact, um, our son-in-law, uh, he's in business, so he got certified in disc. He did presentations on it. He uses it in hiring people and managing people. 
Well, so. And let's just take just a, a one minute break and talk about this. I mean, we're talking about how it can impact our families, how it impacts ourselves. Identityanddestiny.com. We're talking with Tom and Pam Wolf today from Identityanddestiny.com. They are a show sponsor. We're talking every month this year about Identity and Destiny, and it's it's super impactful. You need to go to Identityanddestiny.com right now and get a copy of this workbook. We've already given away the copies. We had lots of phone calls, but only one copy to give away today. If you didn't get a free one today, you can go out to the website site identityanddestiny.com spend 20 bucks get a copy this eight week workbook will transform your life because the holy spirit's at the center of it all so when we talk about i I wanted the commercial in there to remind people why we're listening but when we talk about the understanding ourselves there's also this piece that you guys wanted to sneak into resilience you wanted to talk about resilience. So let's just whet people's appetite a little bit with resilience. Pam, you wanted to get started on this. That was you that said it. So talk to me about that. <laughs> um, resilience is uh, the profile and the section of the workbook that comes right after the disc. So you've begun to understand who you are, how God's wired you, your behavioral language. And um, part of understanding how to use that effectively and how to be who God wants you to be and is calling you to be is to look at your resilience. And resilience is simply, what is your skill level in terms of being able to overcome adversity, balance back from things, mm-hmm. and steer through the things and the difficulties of life? Well, to, to compare the two, let me just jump in here. DISC is your communication style, your behavioral style. It's the way you interface with other people. Resilience is your thinking style. And the way you respond to and, to things happening around you, to you. It's the way you respond to events based on your beliefs and your thinking. So you get the communication profile, and then you get the thinking profile. And some of us have some real stinking thinking that goes on. Well, now, okay, so if DISC being our communication and our behavioral stuff. And that's the stuff that kind of comes right along with our DNA, but yet... Yeah, that's we call that factory installed. Factory installed. I like that. Factory installed. I like that. And and I want people to understand, this stuff applies in the workplace so much, you just can't imagine. Whether you are not a manager or supervisor, or you are a manager or supervisor, understanding the people that you work with is so powerful Mm -hmm. in being able to present the gospel. But this resilience thing, the reason it bothered me so much is that resilience is impacted by... The events in our lives. Right. Because we get taught to think stinkingly. Yes. And and how we've been treated and how the interactions, we have, it, it impacts. But that's why the power of Romans 12, 2 comes in. Let God change the way we think. Right. Because a lot of us grew up or were raised in environments or we, we had uh, events in our lives that impacted the way we think. And God needs to rewire it because we have a really negative way of, of thinking. We have a low resilience. And the good news is, um, as you were saying, factory installed with your disc profile, resilience is a learned skill. It is, it, and if you're not aware of it, then those difficulties and adversities that come at you, you're just kind of responding without wisdom. You're just responding and internalizing things without really thinking it through and understanding how that's impacting your thinking and belief beliefs going forward. What you can do is begin to realize that when you get those what they call body slams of life, that you have a choice, that you have a choice to either respond in a resilient way or you can do what, what can spiral down into post-traumatic stress disorders, PSD. 
And that doesn't just happen on the battlefield. That happens in life. Oh, yeah. Right? Right? So resilience gives you a, a way. This profile in the, in the workbook gives you a way to look at resilience, but breaks it into seven different categories and, and gives you a way of saying, how resilient am I in total? How resilient am I in each of these areas? And when you find the ones where maybe you're not, not as resilient as you'd like to be, you can actually work on it and improve it. And Next. we show you ways to do it. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. That's okay. Next month, our show in July is going to be all about resilience. And we may even let people call in and ask a couple of questions on resilience because it's one of those things where it really, as they have said, as Tom and Pam have said so well, factory installed is the disc profile. That's why it's so important for us to understand each other, understand ourselves. Tom and Pam, as we close up, let's just draw this into the workplace. How, you know, I, I'm, I'm Jim and I'm sitting in my workplace and I have people all around me and I'm not a supervisor, but how can I, how can understanding my disc profile help me relate to others? Don't well, both, we're, this is radio. Don't look at each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to see who's going to take the question first. Um, by understanding the profile and the communication style, the various people who would be under you that you'd be supervising with, you'd understand how to best communicate with them to get the message through so that they'd understand it. Well, maybe, but maybe they're not a manager. Maybe they're not a supervisor. Maybe they're the person at the bottom of the totem pole. How can they use it to their advantage in the workplace? Can you do personality profiles on other people to try to figure them out? Once you begin to understand it, and we do a lot in, in the book, it actually has like some some pointers on if you, if, if you see this, 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 and this, and not this, this, and this, you can begin to narrow it down. Mm -hmm. You can't be certain, but statistically, you can, you can begin to narrow it down and have a better chance of being able to communicate. And whether you're a supervisor or not, when you have other people that you're working with in your teams, in your department, there's going to be times when communication gets difficult. And if you understand how to adapt your communication style to fit the other person's communication style instead of expecting them to just cooperate with you and speak the language you speak, then you're going to be able to be much more effective. When you look at the presentation of the gospel to those people with individual personalities, mm -hmm. you use a disc profile. Obviously, Tom, you and I, we want a presentation of the gospel that's blunt and to the point. Right. We just give me the facts. That's Holy right. Holy smokes. Those are the facts? Wow. Okay. That's what I need Jesus. summary is made for. Right. For tease. <laughs> that's right. But yet... Pam, somebody with a high I or somebody with an SC kind of personality, they need a presentation of the gospel a little bit differently. They yeah, need to understand a little yeah, bit differently. Yeah, you've got to have an emotional connection. You've got to talk about um, things that are important to them that go way outside the workplace and connect with them relationally. And then you will earn the right to speak into their life. And if you don't recognize that and you go straight for the juggler, they're they're not they're not going to be wanting to hear it. Right. Oh, this was a great conversation. I can't wait till next month when we start to talk about reason. Okay. I can't wait because this was be the, that's be the toughest conversation for me. I'm going to make sure I bring my book and I'll just cry oh, on the pages with no, me. No, no, no. There's tons of good news because it's a learned skill and you can improve it. I, I'm, I, I'll tell you my own story next month. All right. That, that I want to hear. And, and I, and it is, that's what Romans 12, 2 is all about. And that's what I've seen the Lord do in my own life. He can help me change the way I think. And that's the, that is really the beauty of it all. All right. Thanks, Tom and Pam. As we, come to the, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks for tuning in today. I hope that you heard something today about identityanddestiny.com, the workbook that will change your life, that you're going to go out there tonight and grab a copy for yourself. 
This is the best $20 you can ever spend. Buy a Bible, buy Identity and Destiny, and this is going to impact who you are. Understanding how God created you to be. You know, we got to remember, there's an epic battle out there for the souls of our coworkers and employees, and the enemy takes it seriously. But do you? How are you equipping yourself for the battle? Understanding yourself and how God created you, that's part of fighting the battle. Go out to identityanddestiny.com. Get a copy of the workbook right now. Identityanddestiny.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.